Gentlemen, welcome to Cartridge. The first rule of Cartridge Club is you do not talk about Cartridge Club. The second rule of Cartridge Club is you do not talk about Cartridge Club. Welcome everyone to episode 6 of the Cartridge Club. I am P1, the pretty half of the Brothers Cartridge, and I am joined by my brother P2, as well as three amazing guests. We scoured the reaches of cyberspace to bring together a crack team of RPG professionals for this month's game. I am honored to introduce Darren from the Gaming Pilgrimage. Thanks for coming back to the show, Darren. Hey, thanks for having me. Always happy to be here. And I like how I'm an RPG expert now. I want to put that in my job description now. Thank you very much. I know a bit about RPGs as I've reviewed all the Western release Tales games on my channel over at The Gaming Pilgrimage, which you can get to at www.youtube.ca slash The Gaming Pilgrimage. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for having me. Fantastic channel. <laughs> so, next up... From all the way in the land of fog and trolleys, we have Toku Joe. Welcome to the show, Joe. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for being here, Joe. Tell us a little about yourself. How long have you been gaming? It's probably cliche to say all of my life, <laughs> but I can't actually remember a time when games weren't there. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I think we can all agree with that. Um, how about, how can our viewers find you? I do have a Twitter. If you go to at TokuJoe, T-O-K-U-J-O-E, you could find my ramblings about stuff there. <laughs> now, Joe, you mentioned that you've been gaming all of your life. You don't remember a time when games weren't there. Now, are you, are you like Darren and your first console was a PS3? Or... <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> or do you have an older system that you started with? <laughs> well, my earliest memory... In games, probably watching my brother play Virtual Cop on the Sega Saturn. Yeah, yeah very good. And then I got an N64 for myself as my first console. You found the light. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great first console. <laughs> well, Joe, we're happy to have you. <laughs> Lastly, we thought it was time to add a little class to a Cartridge Club episode, and who better to do that than the premier blogger on the internet? She's the star author of And Then She Games... Thanks for joining us, Lo. How do, gents? Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Yeah. So, why don't you uh, tell us how you got into gaming? Uh, much like Joe, I believe my introduction was through my much older brother. So, by the time home gaming consoles were a thing, um, he was already kind of a pro, and I just would sit and watch what he did and then wait for him to leave and take over and screw up his files. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go ahead and take this this RPG thing to the max, though, because I think what separates me from so many gamers of the same era is that um, my earliest memories are actually of RPGs, whereas most people, you know, it's the Nintendo and Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> my earliest memory of playing a Super Mario game was, that's it? There's got to be more to Ooh. this. <laughs> so That's I was actually born into RPGs. <laughs> so uh, which which RPG franchise will go with? Would you say uh, I don't want to say favorite because that's really difficult to pick. Which one uh, do you remember the most? I guess my earliest memories. It's it's up between Dragon Quest and as well as Final Fantasy, of course. Um, eventually, I found with Darren the light of the Tales of series, and I'm um, still madly in love with those games. 
So definitely an affinity for the Japanese game. So the really obscure ones, then. <laughs> the hard ones. <laughs> expensive ones. <laughs> yeah, the expensive ones. No doubt there. And PS3 uh, for my first system? Come on! It's <laughs> PS2! Gotta give... Oh, really? <laughs> it was the PS2. <laughs> I have a hard time remembering you, what you kids are playing these days, Darren. <laughs> oh, I should have made a lie in that first episode. <laughs> all right. So we're very excited to have uh, all, all three of you here. And uh, I'm now going to turn it over to my dashing, improvisational brother to tell us what game we've been playing all month. Well, as we know, we have been playing Dragon Quest VIII, which is a RPG for the Super or PlayStation Two. See what happens. PlayStation Two developed <laughs> actually by Level Five rather than uh, than Enix. I think was this the first one developed uh, outside of Enix? Yep, it was. So there we go. That's very interesting. Yeah. So yeah, Level Five took over and developed this game for Dragon Quest, which is actually my first game in the series, other than number one on the NES, which was actually Dragon Warrior for us. And other than that, this was my first game in the Dragon Quest series. So I'm just curious if everybody else has played some and maybe what would their favorite ones be. Let's uh, let's go ahead and ask Toku Joe. I did play some of Dragon Quest Nine, but I never really got into it because of because of the customized characters. It didn't feel like there was much of a story, at mm. least at the start, to grip me. But, oh, I yeah, I, I also played Nine, and I, I know what you mean there because. With all the other Dragon Quests, they sort of tell you, here's your characters, and you get a feel feel for a story. But with Nine, you make up your entire party, as opposed to just the main character. Hmm. One of those decisions that was supposed to bring new gamers in, but it actually deterred a lot of us. Hmm. Yeah. I ended up just making I, uh... my cast all named after uh, Fire Emblem characters, and just made my own stories in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and you win. I did. <laughs> With Ike, Soren, uh, Roy, and who else is in my party? Can't remember at the moment, but it was a solid party. Probably uh, Captain Showoff for knowing the uh, Fire Emblem names. (laughs) He's played Smash Brothers. (laughs) Oh, that's how it's good. I uh, I, I completely agree with Joe there. I I found the same thing for Nine. I really wanted to play Nine, but when I found out that was the case, I actually... It's just skipped over it. So I'm happy that 8 was actually the one that brought me back into the Dragon Quest series. Um, but yeah, I can completely agree. How about you, Darren? What was your first Dragon Quest? And maybe what's your favorite one? Well, my first one was 9, way back when that came out. And like I said, I, didn't, I got like 50 hours in. I enjoyed it, but I didn't really beat it. It's a lot to do. And then it wasn't until way back in like 2010, four years ago, that I picked up a copy of 8... And I played it a l- for a little bit, but it was really this month that got me into the Dragon Quest series. And after playing some of eight, I actually I was uh, sick for the beginning of the week, uh, sick at the beginning of the month for a week, and I ended up playing both four and five in one week while I was sick. Wow. <laughs> and I'd have to say five's my favorite right now as it stands. I've heard that's uh, a common one for uh, for people yes. to be the favorite. It's so also the uh, series creator's favorite as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm really interested to play that one now, too. You should. It's an excellent mm-hmm. game. Although it's a bit expensive if you're going to buy it off of eBay or Amazon. Okay. Good to know. And uh, last but not least, Lo, how about you? What was your first Dragon Quest, and maybe what's one of your favorites? I believe my introduction was on the Nintendo Entertainment System mm-hmm. um, with the original four, I guess, um, which were, like you mentioned, called Dragon Warrior over here for the longest yeah. time. Yeah. 
Um, favorites are toughie. I've got a re- I really need to get back and replay them. But I do recall just the way that the first, I guess the first two, I think it's supposed to be the first three, they all kind of run together. Yeah, yeah, they do. something a little different for a JRPG series. Um, and it, it really went well for me. Like, it really just never lost its majesty. So I have fond memories of those games. That's a good uh, point because uh, most JRPGs, even in the same series, nothing really connects them, but they really had a running story there with, with, the, same, with the same character. But, um, but yeah, you're right. That's a good point. And so, you know what? I actually have to look into replaying those myself because I remember playing the first one when I was younger, but I never got a chance to finish the other ones. So, hmm. Let's do it. And there's one good thing about Dragon Quest is if you like one of them, you probably like all of them because they're kind of Safe similar. bet. <laughs> <laughs> or if you don't like one, you probably may not like the others. Also true. It brings us back to you just mentioned that this was the first one developed, I think, by level five. Yeah. One of the key things about the whole Dragon Quest series is that if they've had the same core development team through every game, hmm. even right down to Toriyama doing the artwork, um, I think they have the same composer for virtually every one of them. Um, and I think Hori right, just writes all the uh, scenarios and things of that. Huh. But they don't, don't they normally uh, outsource some aspects of it to other developers? More than likely. But to have, you know, the big guns, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, imagine a Final yeah. Fantasy without Sakaguchi involved, or even Nobu. I right. can. It's called Final Fantasy Thirteen. Exactly. Touching. <laughs> <laughs> so it was interesting to have such a, such a big powerhouse developer in on 8. It still managed to retain its core values of, you know, the previous Dragon Quests. Yeah, it seems amazing how well they mesh together. It just seemed like a... Match made in heaven kind of thing. So it was fantastic to see. Yeah, that, that level of familiarity is it's it's comforting almost to have it because you know what you're in for when you put that cartridge or you put that CD in. You know what to expect. You know what's going to happen. And uh, I think that really that helps them over time because there's no drastic changes. You know, you don't suddenly go from a turn-based combat system to. Uh, you know, action combat, or to playing an underwater soccer game. <laughs> Can't imagine what you're referring to. But uh, how about you, P1? What was your first Dragon Quest, and maybe what's your favorite? Uh, I, I played uh, the first one, and I I don't remember it as well as I would like to. Um, I recently just picked it up for the Game Boy Color, so I'm going to play it on that again. Uh, and my favorite is, uh, I would, I'd have to say number four. I just I really liked the way the story uh, played out. I liked the different chapters with uh, the different characters, and I I really enjoyed how it all came together. And then you went on to you know be the hero, uh, and I I just think that number fours tend to be the best uh, the best in a series. Uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy, Dragon Warrior, uh, Tales Resident, Symphonia, Resident Evil, Tales. Yeah, so it's hard to beat that number four. Um, <laughs> So yeah, number four is my favorite. I haven't haven't had the pleasure of five. I've been told by many people that I should play it, mm-hmm. and I definitely will. Uh, I have it for the the Nintendo DS, so that's something that I'm going to throw in. But uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed this playthrough of eight. It's the first time I've played it. I don't I don't remember ever touching it before uh, when it first came out, and I am ecstatic that I had a chance to to play it with the cartridge club. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm really happy that we got a chance to do it, too. Despite picking a really long game for the shortest month of the year, I actually am quite pleased with it. <laughs> yeah, we, I took a vote, and we're going to stop letting you pick the games. Well, I didn't pick it. <laughs> oh, that's right. It was me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Um, it is a long game, and it is an RPG, and because of that, we know that it has a very in-depth story. So, uh, Darren, why don't you give us uh, just a brief uh, rundown of uh, the story for Dragon Quest VIII? Certainly. So the game begins as you're traveling around with your best buddy, Yangus, who's the greatest character in anything, really. And <laughs> you guys are traveling from town to town in the search of an evil jester guy named Duel Magus. And it turns out that you're traveling with the king of a castle that you were once a guard at. And he and the king and the princess have been turned into a troll and a horse, and you have, you're on a journey to solve the curse. Yeah. That's about it. Oh, this sums up quite With some other it. complications. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't imagine that. I made yeah. an RPG? Never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the story is pretty interesting, and, and I find right from the get-go, you're interested in what's happening, because there's such an evil character right from the get-go, which is Dual Magus. And all you want to do is see why he's so evil and, and how this king became, you know, essentially a goblin or toad, tro- trode, you know. Um, and, yeah, it really sets you off on an epic journey where you actually want to see what happens. And uh, I found that it really gripped me. I don't know. How about you, Joe? Did you find that the storyline kept you going? Very interesting. It's almost like a fairy tale storyline. Yeah, that's kind of. I kind of almost got into it straight away because I was built into everyone knows these types of stories. Mm. That's a good way to look at it. And it really does kind of throw you right into it where it starts you off already traveling with the king and yeah, it's, it's, and then you try to find out what happened in the backstory because mm. you want to know why these people are so strange and yeah, it's, it really is kind of fairy tale like. You don't yeah. even really know who Yangus is until like about a couple hours into the game and you actually see that he's like a bandit and stuff like that. You don't really... And same with how Tro, uh, King Trode became a troll or what happened with Duel Magus. You don't really see that until later on. They really make you work for it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, and I kind of like that way of telling a story. It really keeps you compelled to keep going, but yeah. It's that Pulp Fiction format of here's where we're at. Now if you want to find out how we got there, you've got to dig in. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You have to fix the problem. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. I also gotta say though, the writing really brought it to the next level. In mm-hmm. these, the, like the translation yeah. for a lot of the, I think four, five, and six, and eight have like the strongest translation, and just the way it brings out like character accents and dialogue, or how it just even like like a character like Yangus was just brilliant with the way he's written. I mean, he calls you the Gov the entire <laughs> time. And I loved that. I was just, just introducing the other characters when like, oi, this is the Gov. <laughs> and that's just how, and then other characters. I just loved how that worked. Yeah, and that yeah. also, that's also a, a very tricky way of getting around ever having to say your name, so they can have the mm-hmm. characters address you, but by using the nickname that he gives you. Mm-hmm. Right. Can't shepherd your way out of this one. No, that's right. <laughs> this is my favorite game on the Citadel, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't even get the pun about Princess Maydia until like someone made that pun. Oh. oh, yeah. I didn't get it till right oh, now. Woo! <laughs> I didn't get he that explains it. <laughs> That's true. 
That's funny. Um, but yeah, that's, that brings up another point. Is How do you guys feel about having to name your own character, your character not having a name, or rather you giving it a name? Hmm. That's what Twitter's for? Yeah, yeah. Good point. <laughs> that's right. I remember that. Twitter did name yours for you. Did. And uh, what, did, what name did you end up with? I ended up calling him Thatch. Oh. I was uh, requested to name him after William Thatcher. But okay. this is a JRPG, and they don't have names that long. <laughs> True enough. I went with Thatch. Thatch is a good name. What, uh, what was your name, uh, Darren? Oh, I just went was boring and named him Darren. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's legit. It's just pretty original. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no Fire Emblem characters in this game. <laughs> that's uh, kind of ironic, because I also named mine Darren, so that's... <laughs> Kind of nice. Okay. Not uh, really. for a hero. <laughs> yeah. It is, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I used to come up with really creative names for my characters in RPGs until we started the channel, and now because I record gameplay footage, I feel like I have to name them all Player One. Same here. And it uh, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Next time, just name him Darren. I'm gonna. Yep. <laughs> it's nothing quite like when you boot up a game you haven't played in a long time, and either you pop that cartridge in, or you find your memory card, and you open your file, and you're like, where did I come up with that? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what name did yeah, you use, I never, Joe? uh... Yeah. I just used Joe, because yeah? every hero is called Joe, really. That's true. It's true. Just your average Joe. I was gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing my jokes. <laughs> I, I gotta rewrite the script. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. Do you guys change your names in RPGs? Like I know in most of the Final Fantasies, you can change any of their characters' names. Do you guys ever do that? Also, uh, Only how about... with characters I don't like. Interesting. Like Final I Fantasy VIII, when Joe. I tried to play, I renamed everyone. <laughs> do you? Do you actually just call them all Joe? Yeah. Gets confusing <laughs> sometimes. We are Legion. We are Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, um, despite the fact that you just burned Final Fantasy VIII, <laughs> but that's fine. The game deserves to be burned. Maybe, maybe. How about you, Lo? Do you change the names normally? Not as a rule, but I have had fits of creativity where I've used <laughs> cheats to change all the names. I'm thinking of Shining oh. Force in particular. I went oh. through and renamed all the characters in the game after people I know in real life and then tried to see how it ended up because you'd end uh, up with characters you don't like but you named them after your best friend. Very interesting. I huh. did that for XCOM, the new one, Enemy Unknown. Mm. And I played on Iron Man so I couldn't go back if anyone died and it was quite horrific having my closest friends die all around me. <laughs> wow. That's, That's neat. That's Add delicious. a little uh, level of depth there. Interesting. It is. And it's kind of neat because the game gives them nicknames as they go on. So I had one friend who his name, whose like, middle name was Casino. So he is Michael Casino Hoffer. Ooh. Stuff like that. <laughs> so do you call him Casino now in real life when you see him? Apparently it was actually a nickname he had in football. Really? But the game put it in automatically. So that was really weird. That is weird. The game uh, knows. Yeah. It's a cheap <laughs> sentience. It's creepy. <laughs> It's telling of the future. <laughs> so, like with any great RPG, um, not only do you have to have a great story, but you also have to have interesting characters that draw you in. And the characters have to be well-written. And in cases of newer games, they have to be well-voiced. And we've run into games where the voice acting lately was horrendous. Um, I'm looking at you, Castlevania. <laughs> and in this game, I actually found the voice acting to be 
spot on. I, I enjoyed every second of it, especially Yangus's acting. Yes. Um, and there's just, I thought that they did a great job with the voice acting. They went with uh, English voices or British voices. And I find a lot of RPGs actually go that route for nor- for North American games anyway. I think it's because it's different to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there anybody, like, how did you guys feel about the voice acting? What do you think, P2? Did you enjoy it? Um, I did. Um, you know, it really sets the mood for every character. Yangus is the, you know, he's a brutish, happy-go-lucky kind of guy. And he really gets that across. And then you get to somebody like Prince Char- Charmless or Charmles there. And, uh, and you really hate him, and, and his voice captures that perfectly. So I think when a game can successfully do that, it really does help with the immersion. Normally, I, I'm not a big fan of any dubbing, but in this case, it actually did quite well. Yeah, but that's you, me. Uh, you do. you Most of the games that you play, you uh, you are strictly Japanese voice acting only. And you actually took those lessons to speak Japanese, didn't you? So you could enjoy those more. So, Darren, what did you think about the uh, the voice acting? <laughs> Made a wiggle out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really enjoyed it. I believe for the English version of the game, as opposed to the Japanese version, they actually added more voice acting that was normally in there. Oh, really? And if I remember correctly, is this like the only Dragon Quest game, really, that's come out in North America that's had voice acting? There is some voice acting in 9 as well. Well, I'm talking like fully voiced. Oh, then yes. Okay. Hmm. Well, I, I really enjoy it. Like I said a couple times now, Yangus absolutely stole the show. And yeah. it was, I loved it, loved character interactions. And I think a lot of the story came across better because of the voice acting. And that kind of made it, made a lot of characters more enjoyable than if they hadn't been voiced. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I mean, I even like the voice of Darren in the game. Yeah, my, my Darren, he was a, a silent character, but, uh, you know, I liked his voice. He got his point across. So. Well performed silence. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Silence is golden. You uh, <laughs> you mentioned Yangus was your favorite character. He actually was my favorite character as well. I just mostly because he looks like me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I just liked him because he was simple. You know, he was there to he was the muscle. He was there to be the muscle. He didn't fancy it up. He just was there to hit things hard and mm-hmm. to get scared a lot. And I liked that about him. But uh, I want to know who was some other fa- who who were your favorite characters. Uh, we'll start with Joe. Who's who was your favorite? Well, my favorite was Jessica because <laughs> For obvious she also reasons. looks a lot like me. She also. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need to add video to this Skype call. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Say bye bye boom. I did hate the fact that she was the. I like, if you're going to change everybody's outfit based on their armor, change everybody's. Don't just change one character's, and don't just continually make it get less clothing. (laughs) (laughs) More defense, less clothing. Yeah. Yeah. That said, her specific skill is called sex appeal. This is true. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't play it up, that's for sure. They stood true to the character, I suppose. Yeah. What about you, Lo? Who was your favorite? I'm a bit of a sucker for the charmer. (laughs) <laughs> kind of fell in love with Angelo. Uh-huh. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. And he's very versatile. He's useful. He saved me a lot, so... He is He is very versatile. And, Much and as I, I love Yangus. Yeah. That's a tough call. It's a toss-up for sure. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with the rest of you, though, about the voice acting. Oh, really? <gasps> Controversy. Yes. Blasphemer. 
No, I, you know what? Um, I don't disagree with, you know, the things that like P2 was saying about Yangus and stuff. And Yangus actually wasn't that bad. But as a whole, I feel like the game had a lot of miscasts. Mm. And the one thing that drove me absolutely bonkers throughout this entire game was how everyone spoke <laughs> this slowly. <laughs> Drove me bananas, and I actually turned voice acting off to watch Dragon Ball Z instead. Oh, oh wow. Very interesting. Well, at least you had Dragon Ball Z on. Yeah. yeah. I needed something else with that. <laughs> That's very interesting. Hmm. I did not think that they that – I didn't notice that, but now thinking back to it, there were times where I was hitting the X button because I had already read everything. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting for them to say it. So that's I'm actually, a slow reader to begin with, so I figure if I'm quicker, it's way too slow. <laughs> that's a fair point. Yeah. What did you think of the voices, Joe? I don't think I think Darren said he liked them. So we got two likes, one dislike. You could be the tiebreaker. Right. The tiemaker. Tiemaker. Yeah. So most of the voices I felt were cast very well. I actually really hated Domegas's voice. Yeah. Mm. He just sounded really whiny and. Not mm-hmm. like, not evil at all. Heard that mm-hmm. voice. It's made me think it's like a whiny old woman. <laughs> he wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. I thought he was an old woman. <laughs> <laughs> it was a unique voice, That's though. He's trying right. to kill everybody. Look at all the makeup he has to wear. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Who was your favorite uh, P2? My favorite character? Yeah. Oh, I'd probably have to go with, uh... Darren? I should have thought of this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just say if Darren. Only, yeah, if only you had been sent an outline. Yeah. <laughs> You're or definitely re- going to write a script. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a, uh, that's a Didn't tough... did you write this outline? No, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, you know what? I'd probably have to go with Yangus as well. I mean... I don't know. His character did compel me to, uh, to, like, his backstory was fascinating all on its own, and he was just a great sidekick throughout the entire game. Um, I, I'd probably have to go with Yangus for sure. Yeah. So, in other words, Jessica. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Who can I say that's not Jessica? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second. Uh, no, I'd probably actually have to go with Buttress number three at uh, in Alexandria. Yeah, funny waitress number three. That's what I'm going to Why do all the waitresses have bunny outfits? <laughs> it's, uh, that's a constant, that's a theme from as far back as, I know it started in, or it was in uh, Dragon Quest Four. Oh, really? So I assume it goes back right to the beginning. Oh, wow. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I think it's because, I, I wonder if it's like a, like a nod to the Playboy bunny, although I don't know why Japan would do that. Toriyama seems to actually really like bunny outfits, so... Hmm. Here we go. That way I'm your favorite cartridge brother, because I remind you of Yangus. I'm not going (laughs) to confirm or deny that. (laughs) No offense, player two. No no worries. I take no offense. He's my favorite cartridge brother, too. (laughs) Well, if you throw your hair out and dye it silver... There, we there go. you go. That's not a bad point. I think we have our Halloween costumes. <laughs> oh, that's way better than Jay Z and Beyonce. <laughs> like last year, yeah. Want to mix it up? I could be the hero. <laughs> Darren, you already are my hero. I'm oh. Right 
Oh, you. <laughs> You're my favorite brother now. Oh, why, thank you. That's why I said it. Moving on. <laughs> Let's talk more about Dolmagus. Okay. It's a really interesting villain. Mm-hmm. P1, tell us about Dolmagus. Uh, Dolmagus is a magic-wielding jester with a very long face and very green skin. <laughs> And um, like Joe mentioned, he was very. I didn't. I didn't enjoy his voice either. He did sound rather. He sounded more whiny than evil. Um, and I don't know if it's just me, and if it's just maybe it's because he was a jester. But he actually initially reminded me sort of a little bit of Kefka. Uh, but as the game went on, that that went away. So I'm wondering if maybe I just made that connection simply because they both wear makeup and laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. I could see that comparison. Yeah, but uh, as Probably a villain, why I add to my mother. nice uh as a as a villain he i find it was a good starting point for the game and it was i didn't hate him like i have with other villains uh, in other games but uh i I definitely wanted to find out what was driving him Mm. and then we do yeah, I agree. I'd argue I mean, that I think all things considered, Dolmagus was actually kind of underdeveloped as a villain. Mm-hmm. And um, spoiler alert, but you do sort of eventually it's revealed he's not your final destination. No, right. And that I mean, that maybe the question becomes: Was he ever actually a villain, and was he just uh, an unfortunate? Uh, he's just in an unfortunate circumstances, because uh, as it turns out. Uh, for anybody who hasn't played the game at this point, I'm about to say a spoiler. Um, I think they've accepted that by this point. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's the scepter is what uh, turns him evil. But why why did he go for the scepter? Why uh, What drove him to do that? Obviously, like, was Rapthorn, because uh, there's a, an evil force that's um, working through it. I wonder if it if it just, he just happened to be some hapless jester who was just walking around one day and all of a sudden, you know... The neighbor's dog told him to go get this uh, staff. <laughs> or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm liking him less the more we talk about him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he seemed like he was pretty he power was He was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, he was driven for, uh, for power hungry, it just seems to me. He was, um, and, it, and it's a shame that nobody really liked his voice acting because I really like his dialogue. I don't know if, Maybe that's just me. Like, I like his script. I like how he said pity and things like that. Like, I, I don't know. I liked the dialogue that Duel Magus had. I really did hate him as a villain, personally. But I know that it could have developed into something more. It's just that he never really got the chance to. Um, but, but yeah, I've always thought he was kind of a cool villain. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. What do you think there, Darren? Well, when I originally started playing the game, I kind of associated him with uh, Magus from Chrono Trigger, but I think uh-huh. that's uh, due more to the character design than actually like his motivation or any actions he takes. Right. And so that quickly went away as well. I got a little bit of a Kefka vibe from him too, but that was only near the beginning, just due to the laughter, gesture, yeah. get up. Mm-hmm. And obviously Kefka is a much greater villain than Duel Magus. Oh yes, but I like like you said, player too. I really did like his dialogue as well. I mean, he's the one, he's the genius that came up with the princess May Diapun <laughs> and the king troll and a court jester. Who would have known? Yeah, who would have thought they would be evil? Yeah, and witty, a witty court jester. Hmm. Perfect. The life cycle is complete. Full circle. 
Well, it was after I put him to bed, yeah. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was a... That was a difficult fight. That was the... I found... um, Because I'm going to use that mention of of you beating him to segue into talking about the gameplay mechanics. (laughs) But... uh, Well, thanks for telling us. Yeah, no problem. I'm letting you know. I don't (laughs) know if it's a segue if I tell you. No. (laughs) Um... Lost otherwise. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Well, I'm I'm here to help, right? Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. The big a big focus for Dragon Quest games is the combat, and it can be for anybody who goes in not knowing what to expect. It can be a real shock to suddenly be thrust into this game that is very combat focused. And I found that initially the first boss fight, I can't remember his name, the guy in the waterfall. Um, oh boy, I don't think anybody remembers his name. Yeah. Small fry a long time ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I found that fight was difficult and required some grinding. And then I didn't have any trouble at all until the dual Magus fight, which is about 30-ish hours in. Uh, and then he was a very difficult fight that I found. But uh, I wanted to talk about the combat specifically because I find that the trash mobs, and if anybody disagrees with me, let me know, but I find a lot of the trash mob fights seem sort of long and drawn out for no reason. Did anybody else get that feeling? Did anybody else find that they, the combat was long? I can't, I can't pinpoint anywhere they could make it shorter, but it mm. just feels, I don't know, long. I got a bit of that because I did play 4 and 5 this month, and those games' combat systems are much faster paced. I think it's mainly due to the, all the detailed animation that we have going on. And in a sense, the animation really adds to the game, and it makes it more enjoyable to watch, like, viscerally. Mm-hmm. But it also makes the fights longer because each character has to do something. Like, if a monster does a dance, it's not, it's no longer, like, a two-second dance. Like, in Dragon Quest IV, it's more of, like, a drawn-out sequence where you get to see it. And you get to see all your party members get their stats drained or whatnot. True. So that really brought, uh, brought out some of the fights to be longer. It's one of those things I see quite a lot in RPGs these days is they try to add some sort of element to the battle system for entertainment value, but when you're fighting upwards of a thousand battles in any given game, it just gets old eventually. Yeah. So they added this whole aspect to the Dragon Quest system where characters will do silly things like, you know, laugh or tell stories or stare off into the distance and it's like this really has no purpose. True. Mm-hmm. It is, it, but like you said, it's a, the first time you see it, you're like, oh, that's kind of funny. But after nine nine times, you know, of a bell smiling at you maliciously, <laughs> 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 it, uh, it sort of wears on you. I, for backup. Yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, oh I uh, I know one for for the trash mob fights. I used because you could set the the sort of auto attacks for your party members and what you want them to do. Um, There's different criteria. So for all the trash mobs almost from the very beginning I used that and only controlled my character. Um, And then for the boss fights I would control all of them. But I'm wondering, did anybody else use the uh, the preset auto fight mechanic? Um, All the time. Did you the the entire time, even for the boss fights? I probably turned it off for most boss fights um, once I had a strategy. Yeah. I could sometimes implement them, but um, mm-hmm. for the yeah, definitely for all the grinding, all the traveling, I use yeah. that uh, technique. Yeah. What about you, Joe? I have to control everything. The computers can't win. 
I so agree. not so the fights would have been even longer for you to have to make the, the decisions for every character yourself. So, you, well, the easier fights you know just press X a lot. Yeah, true. But yeah, I did the same thing. I didn't use the auto attacks for anything, and uh, it was quite long and drawn out. I was in the same boat. I am just a total control freak in JRPGs, and I just want to have control over every little thing. Same here. <laughs> That's like, so I can't get in. Yeah. I will say that I'm impressed with the AI in this game. Yeah, it's like you can yeah. you can set them to do like there's different um, tactics. So things like show no mercy would be like you want them to go all out and just hit. And um, the one I used a lot was fight wisely. And I would often pin that on Jessica and Angelo because they're magic users. Mm-hmm. And they would actually fight wisely. They would do smart things that sometimes I didn't even think of. Hmm. Yeah. I, Dealing with a large mob, she'd put them to sleep. And I would think, oh. yeah. I never would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Can you sleep spells. <laughs> Not really. Nobody That's has right. time for sleep spells. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Uh, use yeah. boom again. <laughs> <laughs> I used. I also used fight wisely for for Jessica, and I gave uh, the show no mercy to Yangus. But I, uh, I for Angelo, I had uh, focus on healing, and because of that, he like he didn't waste. Like he would adjust his heals based on how much uh, hit points were lost. And I found I don't know if it was the game cheating, but it would there would be times when everybody would be full health. And somebody would get hit in the combat turn, and then he would just magically have decided to have healed that person. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was a huge advantage. And I found with him focusing on healing that my my main character, my hero, was able to to just attack willy-nilly. <laughs> Usually to the targets that Jessica had put to sleep, waking them up. <laughs> <laughs> you should have let the computer control every character. <laughs> if you, listen, if it was a Tales game, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! I'm kidding, Darren. Please don't I, hate me. God, it's <laughs> the game. Oh, gosh. Is that Final Fantasy 13? <laughs> yeah, I'd rather just watch the combat. <laughs> just less, on less the uh, on, the, on the combat system, I, there was the psych up system that I actually didn't use throughout the entire game until the very last fight. I actually why not? I just I well I just didn't get into it. I couldn't figure out why I would have to wait a turn. To attack again when I could just have two turns and it would probably equal the same. But because he turns yeah. into a Super Saiyan, yeah, he sure does. Charge your, spe- your Super Spirit Spear Attack. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, in the last fight, it, it came extremely in handy. Uh, handy, and I don't think I probably could have beat the last guy without it because I was kind of under leveled. But uh, when you're lucky enough to get a strong attack in on a boss who normally can cancel those type of things out. It makes a huge difference. So I kind of wish I had used it more throughout the game. I'm wondering who here did use it throughout the game. Uh, I did. We'll start with Darren. <laughs> <laughs> well, I played 9, and the psych-up system's also in 9, and it's a big part of it, too. It's a big strategy for boss fights. So uh, walking into this game, I already knew that the psych-up system is a very useful thing to use in those kind of situations. I, I wouldn't use it against trash mobs, really, but it's yeah. just mainly for the boss fights. Yeah, no, I can completely understand that now. I wish I had have tried it earlier in the game. Especially in a boss fight where you can get in, because Helm Splitter for Yangus lowers the defense. 
So if you psych up for even two turns, you get two shots of Helm Splitter in. You can also have Jessica cast Oomph on you in that amount of time. So you're not just suddenly looking at a psych up. You're now looking at a psych up with a reduced defense on an enemy, and you've got increased attack power, and it really makes a huge difference. Exactly. Can't really use it. Yeah, no. So I'm uh, driving over to your house after this, and I'm slapping you. Oh, it's amazing how uh, how I completed the game, though. That's really strange. How, how, so how fast did you complete the game using psych up, uh, P1? That's... So what was everybody's favorite weapon uh, <laughs> for each character? Well, for, I want to hear from Joe first, though. Joe, did you use the psych up? I, I love the psych up. It, just, it made it seem easier for me. Oh, wow. Everybody loves it. Yeah. Huh. I wish the characters shouted when they used it. <laughs> yeah, I can, I I can see that. I want Z charging, just, I want that. <laughs> Just do that. Yankee shoot sitting going like, it's charging up. Doesn't even have to attack. Just has to do that the entire time. That'd yeah, be great. like Super Saiyan, like Goku going Super Saiyan three. That sort of screaming has to go oh on. They'd have to get a voice actor for the hero just to do grunts. And- <laughs> you that, yeah. How about you, Lo? Did you use it? Yes, I did. Um, I remember just kind of playing with it. I hadn't played a Dragon Quest in some time prior to this, so. Um, I was just screwing around with it to see what it did and how far I could push it and quickly realized that, uh, yeah, it is kind of useless against your, your lackey enemies, but against bosses it can do quite a bit more damage. And in fact, if you play your cards right, you can take some bosses out with just one uh, series of attacks if you use your psych up. Hmm. So technically you have to go through several times to psych up, obviously, but after that it's attack after attack after attack and boom, the guy's dead. Very interesting. Hmm. It's really annoying, those bosses who have that ice attack, though, that negates it. Drove me bananas. I can agree with that. I think there was three, or was it more? But there's three that I remember because they were difficult. Pretty much every boss at the end of the game. (laughs) Yeah. There's another mechanic that I didn't use that I'm curious if you guys used, and that is the... um, Flea. (laughs) <laughs> did not use flea either but um, I am curious about the battle arena the monster arena um, did anybody get a monster team while they were playing because you can use them to fight throughout the, the game as well but I didn't get any of them so I'm just curious P1 did you get any of the of the monsters I want to hear from Low. <laughs> I actually ignored this entire side quest on this playthrough um, I, I kind of vaguely remember diving into it the first time I played, but I recall virtually nothing. Hmm. I, I missed it. I skipped, missed, didn't go anywhere near it. Yeah. I did go I talk to Mori, and I remember getting my ass handed to me by that dinosaur with an axe at the beginning of the game. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what happened to me as well. How about you, Joe? I missed it too. Hmm. I didn't even know it was in there till now. Oh. <laughs> well, I guess that leaves Darren. You're going to be our savior. Yes, I will. Because yeah. I am a sucker for side quests and JRPGs. <laughs> I knew we could count on you. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy. I'm the kind of guy in Tales of Symphonia. I go and name every dog because that's the kind of guy I am. Wow. I'm a sucker for side quests, and then when it obviously when it, like it's it kind of reminded me of Lufia too, when you oh, can yes. get the uh, capsule monsters to fight at your side. I used to love my gels. So tell no. me about uh, how does it work exactly? Do you can those monsters level up as you play? Uh, they do get progressively stronger, but it more or less depends on what you do in the monster arena and how you train them. 
Oh. And and before you can even really get to the team, you have to collect them all first. Oh, really? So it's, a, it's a big investment, yeah. Because oh. you have to collect enough that you, you'll you talk to Mari and he'll uh, let you start training them and let them go with you. Oh, very interesting. Hmm. So it's a big time sink, but I think it's really worth it. Really? So you found it useful in the fights then later on? Very useful. Because like, even in like something like uh, some of like the more difficult boss fights, you can use them as a lie of defense before your party can even get hurt. That's great. Yeah, that's what I heard. And, and there's a lot of points where I wish I had that, like the uh, Imperia fight, for example. I would have loved to have had that. But, but yeah, very interesting. Hmm. And I, I, from what I understand, because I didn't beat the game this month, unfortunately, but... Uh, it really helps with the uh, post-game content as well. Oh, very good. This is a very long... It, this game has the the ability to become a very long game. Um, I know I've read online upwards of 120 hours, some people have put into it. Mm-hmm. And P2, you beat it in 60, I believe? Yeah, it ended up being around 63, 63 hours, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I have put... I'm 45 to 47 hours in. Uh, I'm about to get my final mode of transportation, I believe. And I know that sometimes I don't always beat the Cartridge Club games, <laughs> but uh, I'm Some- enjoying this one. So- yeah, sometimes I'm enjoying this one so much that I'm going to continue playing it beyond February, which will probably mean I don't beat the March game. gotta stick to tradition yeah (laughs) so darren you didn't uh you didn't complete how far did you end up getting in it well i mainly blame me playing four and dragon quest four and five this month that led me to not beating this game because i mean those games took around like dragon quest four took like 25 ish hours to beat and then five was like around 30 and then i put about 25 into this one See, it's probably our fault for not being clear about which Dragon Quest you were supposed to play. <laughs> being sick didn't help with the directions. <laughs> I, I, just, I just see Dragon Quest, even number. Go Still, with completing two and a half Dragon Quest games in a month is pretty impressive. Yep. And a Star Ocean game. <laughs> My gracious. <sighs> Joe, what about yourself? I know, uh, I remember from Twitter you were, uh, I think it was Twitter, it might have been the, the Cartridge Club forms. That you can find at www.cartridgebros.ca, but I remember <laughs> so you mentioning uh, <laughs> that you were uh, you were on a push too there uh, with the week, the week winding down. I'm wondering how far you made it. I beat the first form of Domegus. I was about 38 hours into the game. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I had not I got stuck on like the second part of the boss fight. That I is made. a that's a very difficult fight, isn't it? It is. Uh, sure sign that you're over leveled I actually got Domegus on the first try wow I did too but it was a struggle like it was like an hour long fight and I'm not even exaggerating I had to use all of my MP restoration items but I was completely under leveled sadly Hmm. so you both beat him one shot and you both beat the game I, I think I got more time in than P2, though. I clocked 95 hours. Oh, wow. That's impressive. And you and didn't do the monster side quest? I didn't do the monster side quest. Oh, I didn't wow. do the monster side quests. How much, of that, like time, how much of that time was just standing in the open watching Dragon, uh, Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> and then using uh, Yangus's whistle so that it would call monsters to me. Oh, wow. Where did you do your grinding for the most part? 
no particular place. I um I I remember this game being a pain for that. So I remember before I even went to the waterfall at the beginning of the game, I think I was level ten. Oh wow. I put the time in right away and then basically between every city I would just run around searching for chests. Uh, uh, maybe this will get me some points with you, Darren. I do believe I got a hundred percent of the chests. That's wow. incredibly Ooh. impressive. That does earn you some points. Well yeah. done. I would run around grinding and then looking for these chests, and then before I would go to the next town and catch up, and thus the 95 hours. Wow. Those chests drove me insane, because every time I'd find one, I'd be like, oh, you don't have the wrong, right key. Sorry, no treasure for you. <laughs> that was another thing I went into it remembering, so I made that thief's key right away. Oh, nice. That drove me bananas. Is, <laughs> as soon as I got the thief's key, I thought to myself, oh, maybe I can open all this chest now. It turns out you need the magic key, then the ultimate key, and yada yada. What's this thief's key you guys are talking about? The thief's <laughs> key you have to alchemize early yeah. in the game in order to get the locked chests. Oh, yes, alchemy. Yes. The best friend of this game. I would have enjoyed alchemy. I actually had the thieves key. I just wanted to talk about alchemy, so thank you. <laughs> you <laughs> trapped me. I'm sorry. I'm tricky. It, uh, alchemy is it's actually appearing more and more in JRPGs now. Uh, they had it in Nino Quest Ghibli. And <laughs> I would like it more if you just gave me the formulas. For whatever reason, level 5 decides that they want you to hunt and read through books, and I, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy reading the books and getting little stories from all of the uh, the bookcases within the worlds, or within the world. But and books about cheese. And books about cheese, although I never so used that many most. So Ever oh, in combat. Cheese books. <laughs> but uh, just give me the recipes. What? I don't understand. What do you... I'm not uh, Julia Childs here. I'm not going to sit down and try and figure out what this is going to make. If they've just told me what I needed, I would have been much more likely to utilize the alchemy system than I, uh, I was. And, in fact, I only did the little bit that I did because Darren taunted me. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was after you had a grinding session, I believe, for gold. Yeah, I was grinding for gold, and... Uh, I just ended up using it. But did any of you guys, like, did anybody get really into the alchemy and use it a lot? Yep. <laughs> I'm a sucker for alchemy systems as well in games. So I had game facts open beside me the entire time just to make sure whatever weapons I had I could alchemize. Because more likely than not, most of the weapons or items you have at a time, you can alchemize into something better. Hmm. Did anybody not cheat? I... <laughs> I barely used um, the alchemy this time through, so I didn't. I remember how to make the thief's key, and yep. I remember a couple of swords. I actually had a piece of paper tucked into the cover of the game with the sword that I make for um, Angelo, and then the liquid metal sword, which I think I gave you that. That uh, I made two items in the game with the alchemy pot. It was the thief's key and that liquid metal sword. That was the only two that I made. What about you, Joe? I I only made the feast key. Usually I just threw random stuff to see if anything came out. Most of the time, nothing did. Yeah. And I, I, I jest when I say that, uh, did anybody else not cheat? Because uh, if you didn't have that <laughs> list open, the, the alchemy would be ridiculous. It's uh, yeah. you, you would definitely need to have that up there. Cause and it's also a matter of patience, too, because you have to yeah. wait for each alchemy item to come out. I think I that think also that. inflated my playtime a bit. Mm-hmm. 
as like I know there's a couple times where I'd have to put my main character's weapon in the alchemy pot, so I couldn't really go to the next dungeon. Well, <laughs> he doesn't have a weapon, so I'd have to run around the field fighting monsters and wait for the weapon to come out of the alchemy pot. But they do fix that in Dragon Quest Nine, where all your alchemy is a uh, instant. Yeah. Yeah, that I only had to do it twice, and I got to tell you that was probably the worst part of the alchemy pot. If it wasn't for that, I thought I think I might have tried. A little more, but uh, I actually have to give props to Joe there for just trying to make items by putting things in. I think that's pretty neat. But I did uh, that the first time I played the game. If yeah, you I, um, open your alchemy pot and start sur- surfing through your items, it actually will show you what can and cannot go in the alchemy pot. Ah. So I remember the very first time I played the game, I was just throwing random things in there and seeing what can- came out. Like, that is pretty respectable. And that would have been fun if if there wasn't a list and you had to do that, but... Sadly, with the world of the internet, the only recipe I needed, though, was that liquid metal slime sword, and that was all I made, sadly. It was kind of a dick move that they made so many of the good weapons be made through alchemy and not tell you how to make them. Because I did, I looked up uh, the one of the bows, the first, the Eris bow, I think it was. Yeah. Um, I looked that one up, and I made that. And I upgraded a couple of my swords for my hero through the alchemy pot. Uh, and an axe, I think, for Yangus. But uh, I don't... I don't know. I just... If you're going to make the better weapons be in here, just give me a list. Somebody somewhere wrote it down. I'm I sure think they that's, did. that's the part that sucks, is that it doesn't just say you need this and this and this. It says you need uh, a cursed sword. Right. And something shiny. Yeah. And instead of just saying, like, you need this sword. And I, like, I wouldn't mind... Um, hunting down the recipes and that if it just gave you the straight up you need this sword this shield this whatever but it doesn't it just gives you like something squishy (laughs) something that screams when you poke it (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah so yeah it was you had to hunt the recipe down and then you had to decipher what it was yeah or have game facts open or have game facts (laughs) (laughs) yeah but speaking of the fantastic weapons made in the alchemy pot... I was going to say, it's, yeah, it's interesting to hear you use swords for your main character, because I did not. Really? No, I loved... He started He started with a sword, so he stayed with a sword for me. That's, that's hmm. how it went. And yeah. I, uh, All my characters use swords. All of them. Except, Except uh, Yangus. Yangus. Yeah. And Jessica? Or you use daggers? Um, if you max out her knife ability, she can use swords. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. True story. I, uh, I I went swords for the hero, axes, staff, and bow, actually. I really enjoyed the bow on Angelo, because one of his abilities allows him to regain uh, mana. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, for, for anybody who hasn't played the game, there's a skill set, so you have to decide what points to put your skills in. And they give you no skill tree at all, which is awesome, because I love not knowing where my points are going. Um, But you choose, essentially, what weapons your characters can use. And so you have the option of opening it up and giving your characters many different choices. Or if you um, don't, if you're unable to accept the fact that people can be different and change, like myself and P2, you force (laughs) your characters down one path. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so for, for me, those are the weapons that I chose, and those are where all my points went until they were maxed out, and then they went into whatever their fifth one was. But I, I want to know, what did everybody else, how did you, did you like that skill point system? Did you like being able to have the opportunity to change, and what ones did you choose? 
uh, because it's it's a really big part of the game. And I think not giving us a tree was a big misstep. So let's start with Joe. I actually used two weapons for each character. And you see switch between them depending mm. on like the basically the best weapon I could afford. Uh. So, like the main character, I used sword and spear. Yangus was scythes and axes. Angelo was bows and swords. Jessica was whips and knives. Mm -hmm. So again, so, more more round attack. Did you find that uh, that you suffered at all in your progress because you were splitting the skill points between the two trees? Probably a bit more grinding, but it just seemed I could get say a stronger stronger weapon that was available that I might have not been trained yeah. in otherwise. Mm, that's, that's a good fair. point. Mm -hmm, it is. Because yeah, there wasn't an upgrade for every weapon at every town. No. it's mm. a good point. Um, I went with swords for the hero. Um, axes for my Yangus. I used sword for Angelo as well. And I used staff for, uh, for Jessica. Just for the MP increase, really. Yeah, she yeah. got a huge boost to her magic with the staff. Yeah, I couldn't turn it down. Um, but yeah, that was me. How about you, Darren? Uh, I liked to be a little bit different with this game, just because it gave me the option of the main character using different weapons. So mm -hmm. I end up going with a lance for his main weapon for most of the game. And that way, I end up putting all my skill points into uh, lance and his unique courage uh, ability. Like, every character has their one unique ability. Like, mm -hmm. Jessica has sex appeal. Yangus has, like, a kind heart or something like that. And then Angelo has his yeah. charm. And so that way I was able to like specialize each character more. So I ended up going spears for the main character. Uh, I had Yangus using scythes. Just, and I actually had a couple points into axes, but once I got the uh, plus, you, do, you have X amount of damage if you have a scythe. I just stuck with scythes. <laughs> and Jessica used whips just because I loved attacking groups of enemies all at once during some trash mob fights. And Angelo stuck to bows, like Blair once said. The MP stealing ability was just too useful to go to waste. Hmm. That's fair. How about you, Lo? I put 95 hours into this. So uh, <laughs> I actually maxed out about two skill sets for each person, except I think Angelo. Wow. Um, so I used, for my main guy, I gave him swords. And actually, a moment ago, you asked me about good places to grind. Um, one of the skills you get if you max out your swords or you, at some point in your sword journey is uh, Metal Slash, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. yep. And um, anybody who's played Dragon Quest games for any amount of time knows that slimes are a key component to every Dragon Quest game. Yes. And there is a particular enemy uh, called the Metal Slime or the Liquid Metal Slime. Mm -hmm. They're virtually impossible to kill, but if you do, you get mad experience points. So there's actually um, a part, uh, there's a mountain, I think. It's somewhere near the beginning, but you can't access it until the end of the game. You need your magic flying bird ability. Right. Um, and it's Slime Mountain. There's nothing but slimes. So it's everything from the first slimes that you get at the beginning of the game that are just too easy to kill. <laughs> um, to the, I think, King Slime, King Metal Slime, Metal I guess King they're slime. called. Yep. Um, who I think they only actually have like 12 hit points. But yeah, they're pretty weak. <laughs> you can't do damage unless you have the metal slash ability. 
Yeah, they're, uh, so. that's actually where I did um, my end game uh, grinding as well. And uh, luckily I had Angelo and Hero with Metal Slash, which is great. But also Yangus with uh, Executioner, um, or Executioner, I don't remember if it's Executioner or Executioner. But that also chops through uh, Metal Slimes, which yeah. was very helpful. So yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So anyway, back to skills. Um, I maxed out the Courage one as well. And uh, for Courage, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you actually get spells from it. Yeah. So my hero was actually a pretty proficient magic user as well, which nice. was beyond helpful. Um, Yangus I put into Scythes until I maxed those out. I, I think I used Scythes for pretty much the entire game because they had the highest attack hmm. until the very end, and then you get his axe. I forget what it's called, but... Um, I had that maxed out too by that point. Wow. Um, Angelo, I gave swords, and I started working on bows. I never finished it. And Jessica, I maxed out knives so I could use swords. I uh, I used whips, like Darren said, um, at the beginning of the game. It's really helpful to just knock out every enemy at once. They're a lot more fun. Um, but not as strong in the end, so I ended up giving that up for knives. And it looks like I started using stabs at some point, too. <laughs> I think that's sex appeal. Because <laughs> who needs that, really? No one. <laughs> Just Angelo. <laughs> yeah, well, he has it. He's born with it. Built in, yeah. <laughs> I'm incredibly jealous of the amount of time you were able to put into this game, and it makes me want to quit my job and end all personal relationships so I can stay home and play more games. <laughs> I did kind of cheat, so... Oh, yeah? Well, Cartridge Club speaking. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, it, Player 2 also cheated, because he started his trek in uh, January. <gasps> I did uh, about 61 hours of my trek in January. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, He keeps using the excuse that he's getting married and he has to make plans. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> yeah. By make plans, he means he's not going to be able to play video games anymore. So <laughs> Get him in now, he too. Truth. Yes, <laughs> that is reality. <laughs> yeah. The channel is going to be changing to Cartridge Bro. <laughs> 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 yeah, I did. Any, did it bother anybody else? Because it really, I I played a lot of um, Warcraft at one point in my life, so I like seeing the skill tree and knowing where my points are going. And really, in, in most games that you play where you have a skill tree, they show you what your points are going to. But it's not listed anywhere. You just have to blindly hope that you're getting an ability that's good. And it drove me nuts because if you make a mistake. There's no way to reset it, and I would feel like those points were wasted, and it's not exactly like levels are flying at you in these games, because it, it seems to take a lifetime between levels. Did it, mm -hmm. did it bother anybody else that you, they didn't show us what the points were going for until you actually hit one of the levels? Not necessarily, just because given the kind of game, I always just assumed it would always just be beneficial, whatever I put it into. And once I got, like, the plus, you do X amount of damage. If you have a scythe equipped, I was like, okay, I'll just stick with this. And whatever the skill tree gives me, it gives me. Right. But I do agree it would have been nice to see that. And that way you can kind of plan out your investments before you're too deep. And it would have been nice to have an ability to reset. Yeah. That is something I feel like it may have been lacking. And I thought maybe it was in the game and I just didn't know about it. But not being able to reset your points is kind of a slight, I think, against the game. 
Yeah, especially where it takes so long because it is a it is a long time between levels, and so that grind and mm-hmm. any good RPG, you know, you're going to be grinding a lot, and especially with the Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior game, and I accept that because really those are the games. A lot of we, we all we both listen to podcasts, speak to and I. Um, so I get a lot of podcasts listening in while I'm just running around grinding. Uh, but I even, I found with this one that I wasn't getting as much, I, I was still doing the grinding, but the, the music was actually so good that I was, I found myself listening to that instead of the podcast that I usually listen to. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed the, the soundtrack overall. What a segue. <laughs> I've already put it out there that I spent the entire time watching Dragon Ball Z. Yes, you didn't. The soundtrack is a lot of men screaming. Yeah. I, I like that. <laughs> Dead soundtrack. I wish we had more men screaming in, dra- in uh, Dragon Quest. <laughs> For all intents and purposes, though, I'll go ahead and disagree with you. Yeah? I don't find the Dragon Quest soundtracks to be all that profound. Huh. They are... Uh... You hear the same song a lot, and there's not that much variety. Um, I, I do like the songs, don't get me wrong, but when, when you hear that battle theme, and, and the battles are so long that when you hear it for that amount of time, it does sort of start to get on your nerves, and you start flying through some retro rejects and rad rascal podcasts, I'm afraid. <laughs> I maintain that battle theme sounds like it belongs in a cooking show. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. More fitting. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, did you uh, did you like the music? Am I alone? <laughs> I think the music fitted in well, but I would never listen to it by itself. That's nothing that actually stuck out about the music to me. That's okay. fair. Yeah. Darren, I know well, you loved it. I'll be your knight in shining armor here. Because <laughs> the Dragon Quest games, they have a, like, from what I've played in 4 and 5, I can't speak for the rest of the series, but it's more of a, it sets the mood and kind of sets the setting more than, it's not like in a Final Fantasy game where it, you're just like humming along to it, you know? It's a different kind of music. And I agree with you too, Joe. I wouldn't really listen to it by itself. But like whenever I loved all the town themes... And a couple towns had their own unique theme, and I just and I don't know we, if we talked about this or not about collecting mini medals as one of the major side quests. Mm-hmm. But I'd always hunt around every town, cracking every pot, opening everybody's dressers, looking through all their drawers, <laughs> like the creepy stalker my character Darren was. And, <laughs> much uh, like the, much like the Darren in real life, <laughs> much like the real Darren looking for his <laughs> seeds of agility and strength and mini medals, which I found a few. <laughs> In which the game or real life, I'll let you decide. But, uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I, I really like the music in Towns. That was the stuff I really enjoyed. The battle theme did get old pretty quickly, so that quickly went away to, po- to podcasts and whatnot. But I, I really like the, the town themes. Hmm. Hmm. So you, all right. So there we go. We have a sort of a uh, it covers all the spectrum of what the, what we thought of the music. Um, yeah, not enough death metal. Not enough death metal. They're mm-hmm. uh, lacking. Kind of yeah. not what Dragon Quest does. Death metal slimes? No. <laughs> death metal slimes. Oh. <laughs> it's a Wheel of Fortune before and after. <laughs> oh. P2 called me somewhere around the midpoint of his playthrough of Dragon Quest Eight, and he said, I really liked this game when it was called Nino Kune. And, uh... <laughs> 
it made me laugh at first because I, I wasn't far enough in to see all of the similarities. You know, Kune, for anyone who isn't aware, was also done by Level 5. Mm-hmm. Much later. Much later, yeah. But uh, it is very similar, even down to the way that the actual, not the characters themselves, but the environments even sort of look the same. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that. I was surprised to hear you guys mention that. Oh, good. Oh. Why you is don't, this? uh, you disagree? Um, it's not that I disagree. I just, I don't really know where you're getting that from. I do sort of see what you mean by the environments. Um, mm-hmm. they both have, like, very sort of bright and whimsical settings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't draw a lot of similarities between the two games. Well, the way that the character controls in the world map alone, and the way that you can swing, even the way you can swing the camera angles around, like, the gameplay with command, um, mechanics is almost cut and paste, I would say, for, for traveling around the world. Um, the way that you get your transportation throughout the game is almost verbatim as well, except for the mounts in Dragon Quest VIII, or the mount, I should say, in Dragon Quest VIII, which is fantastic. But, is um kind of a staple in most RPGs, though? Uh, like, um, there's always multiple modes of transportation. The camera is a pretty... It's possible, but the way that you even control your boat in, like, the way that it's very unique in both of the games, and they're they're pretty comparable. Um, but you're right, getting a boat in a game is very similar. But it's such a, a staple for, for these two particular ones because it's got the same world, and then you have the exact same boat transportation. It's, it's all the little things that start to add up. And then you throw in the alchemy pot, which is, once again, almost exactly the same. And I really should have drew up a list because I had one originally and I've misplaced it. But um, collecting the orbs at the very end of the game is very similar to collecting the ones. I'm, I don't want to ruin anything for Nino. <laughs> I just realized I'm going there. But um, <laughs> you have a point. But yeah, and uh, I really should have made up a list. But there is a lot, and and don't get me wrong, I love both. <laughs> but uh, you could definitely tell that it was both by level five for sure. Yeah, did anybody else notice anything? Um, since we're speaking about graphics, I did notice someone on the Cartridge Club forums mentioned that they were struggling um, to get it to optimize their visual settings with their TV. And I was yeah. kind of surprised to read that because I hooked it up to my 50-inch Sony, and it just looks stunning. I, yeah. I agree completely. Especially for a PlayStation 2 game, because I think this was one of... I'm going to go ahead and make a bold, generalized statement. This is one of the first PlayStation 2 games to offer the ability to switch to widescreen. Uh, that's probably completely false. I have no idea. But uh, <laughs> it does offer that ability, and it does... My TV is significantly smaller than 50 inches. I'm very jealous. Um, but uh, it does look great as well on mine. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. That 69... Uh, sorry, 169 uh, option <laughs> <laughs> was amazing. Like... <laughs> I was blown away when I turned it on, and I seen that that was even available. It just I was not expecting it, but yeah, I found it looked great on mine as well. Don't even think I really even messed with the settings. Cause I just was with the way I have my setup in my dungeon. I had it through my capture card running on my uh, computer monitor, so I just went up with that, and hmm. I thought it looked fine. I wish more games on the PS2 aged as well as uh, Dragon Quest Eight visually. Yeah, I agree. But I also think a lot of that has to do with the style of uh, Akira Toriyama's work here. I can't remember if I mentioned it in my Dragon Quest blog or if it was something else, but... Where can I find that blog? 
Oh, oh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> my blog is called Inventi Games, which you could possibly Google and come up with. But if you're good with memory, it's inventigames.blogspot.com. And you can search through. I actually have a link on the front page right now to my Dragon Quest blog if anybody wants to check that out. And so. somewhere, somewhere I wrote about how everybody has my brother's haircut from 1996. <laughs> <laughs> Your brother was very hip. <laughs> That's funny. That's accurate. Yeah, he was real cool. Did anybody not like the graphics? Does anybody say, you know what, I really don't enjoy bright colors and well-drawn characters? <laughs> or fun. <laughs> yeah, or fun. <laughs> yeah. Is there anybody who's anti-fun? <laughs> no? <laughs> no? No, they were great. And they aged really well, I found. Like, I was blown away. Yeah. I'd rather so. have bright, cell-shaded, good-looking graphics like this than a hundred realistic shades of grey. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. So this much... game kind of has that too. It does. <laughs> <laughs> They're nice looking grey, sir. Yeah. I'm glad you said that, Joe, because I do... The color... The color is just... Games need to have color. Nope. You know? We evolved from black and white TVs for a reason. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Amen. So for the most awkwardly worded sentence in the entire outline um, that I haven't changed because I enjoy punishing myself, <laughs> what are some lasting impressions that everybody had? Things that stood out and did it make you want to play any others in the series? And we'll start with Darren, um, who didn't, you liked it so much you didn't even want to play it. And you just wanted to jump right to the <laughs> <laughs> This game, what are you talking about? This game didn't inspire me to play any other games in the series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though. I'm going to go back to this one once eventually. I think I'm going to go through Dragon Quest VI, which I have on the way, so I can finish the Zinthian trilogy on the DS, and I'll go back into this one when I have more free time. But it's just, it's a hard game not to like. It, it Like, it doesn't do anything really so wrong that it'll stop you from playing. Like, we all had our little nitpicks about skill systems or grind <laughs> times, but at the end of the day, I think Dragon Quest Eight is still one of the strongest JRPGs on the PlayStation 2, or even just in general, and it does so much right that so, and just how it looks, how it sounds, I think it's just easy for, to forgive a lot of its uh, some minor missteps, and it's just such an easy game to get into. Yeah. No, you know what, I completely agree, and as this was pretty much my first introductory into the Dragon Quest series because the first one that I played, I was very young. And I have to say that this was a great entry and it's definitely made me want to go and start collecting the ones in the DS because I feel like I've really been missing out and I wasn't really, you know, I didn't really grasp how good the series was until I played this. So yeah, I definitely say it's lasted the test of time and I look forward to playing the rest of them. Yeah. How about you, Lo? It's been said before in our discussions but um, one of the things I love about the Dragon Quest series is that it's so consistent it's yeah. consistently entertaining it's consistently good looking they don't really mess with what works and that's something I really appreciate because there have been other series that have gone and butchered themselves it sort of hurts especially because for me it's so rooted in my childhood like this series is really a part of my gaming career so to speak Right. Um, and that's something I really love about it. 
And uh, I definitely, after picking up eight again, I, I really want to go back and get the others. Um, when I was young, I think five and six, I don't even think they were released out here at the time. Nope. So I couldn't even fathom that trilogy, much less complete it. True. So that's definitely on my to-do list. And uh, it's just, like I said, the most consistent classic fantasy RPG. It just never deviates, and I love that about it. Well said. Mm-hmm. Joe, what are your thoughts? I had tons of fun with the game, and it's probably the first Dragon Quest game I actually got properly into. Now that I kind of am more familiar with it, I do want to go back and try the older games, maybe try 9 again, see if I can actually get into it. It's just a fun game. I Hopefully I'll get to finish it somewhere. <laughs> Plenty of time. Yeah. Maybe I'm retired. <laughs> in a in a gaming culture where it seems so frequent that uh, our favorite franchises are constantly trying to reinvent themselves and become something they're not, it's a really nice feeling to know that anytime you put in a Dragon Quest game, it's gonna be as low said consistent, and it's consistent. It's not. It's not the same. It's not old hat where, you know, as if in a bad way, it's it's just, it's comfortable and you know what to expect. And this game is a perfect example of that and they did a wonderful job with it and I've played, I beat nine, I beat four, I remember playing one and after starting this in February, I actually went out and I now own, with the exception of seven, some iteration of all of the games, one through nine. Um, so I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath for number seven to hopefully be released to North America for the 3DS. I'm looking at you, Nintendo. Um, but eight, I, I loved it, and it did make me, it made me want to play them and it made me want to buy the others. And uh, I'm eagerly looking forward to going through one, two, and three again. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I was really happy with this month's choice. Even if it was an exceptionally long game in a very short month, <laughs> I'm so sorry, <laughs> crazy brothers. We may have to do like yearly cartridge club for JRPGs. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. That's we, true. when we started the club, one of the big discussions we had between us was, what are we going to do with RPGs? Because we love them, and for so many gamers, they're they're a big part of gaming. Like you can't mention the Super Nintendo without talking about the Squaresoft and the Enix RPGs at that time. Mm-hmm. So we weren't sure what to do because they do generally eat up a lot more time and we wanted people to be able to complete the games that were in the Cartridge <laughs> Club. <laughs> and, How uh, ironic. Yeah. And <laughs> I just, I really wanted to play this game. And it was, a lot of it had to do with your blog because I, uh, I I had the game and when I read your blog and I was like, you know what, I'm playing that. That's my next game. Mm. I, I had recently beaten nine and so we we decided to go with this that game for this one. It also happens to be Johnny Millennium's favorite in the in the series. Um, so it was a no brainer to, to pick it. I just wish I had waited for a month with thirty one days. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would have made a difference. Yeah, no, really. Who <laughs> <laughs> are we kidding? <laughs> yeah. So my promise that we are making to everybody who is participating in the Cartridge Club is that the next really long game we pick won't be in February. <laughs> 
That is a you promise. Better, you better hold that true. Yeah, I can't make that promise. <laughs> better just give us three months' notice. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's pretty that, good. Even that doesn't matter. We made you know, the list we... and I still didn't beat it. <laughs> 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 um, so we've said uh, many times that the game looked great and that it, uh, it held up really well. So I, I know for me it stood the test of time. Um, I think for everyone it's the same that this game made in 2005 was easily as entertaining as anything that came out last year. Is that safe to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Nice. Joe? Yeah, I agree. Nice. Good. Good. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I definitely recommend it to others, and I will play it again. As soon as we finish this podcast, I'm going to continue with my playthrough. So, uh, and Lo, I know you've played it. you played it before. you played it for your blog. You played it again for the Cartridge Club. So uh, would you say, would you recommend it to others? Absolutely. <laughs> um, one of the things I, I kind of thought about earlier, um, you mentioned how complex the battle system is and such. Perhaps P2 can attest to this since it's the first Dragon Quest he's played in some time. Um, one of the things about the game that I love is if you're an experienced RPGer, it actually comes quite quickly to you. Yeah. It's I mean, not too hard to figure out. That's exactly right. Like I got through the entire game without even using the psych up system because it was something that's in the game that you can use if you'd like, but it stays tried and true to classic RPGs where you can just use attack and magic and still get through the entire game. So it's definitely very welcoming to anybody who hasn't been in the series. So yeah, I can highly recommend it to pretty much anyone who's interested. Darren? Yes. I agree. Uh, I agree with all the above. Excellent game. Play it. <laughs> play it. And play five next. <laughs> is five that good? Five is probably... Five is excellent. I think it has the best story in the series. And that really... That's part of it what makes it so special. Okay. Because once I beat... I like to have one console game and one handheld game going at a time. And once I beat Final Fantasy Default, I'm probably going to play <laughs> Dragon Quest V. Oh, are you almost done Final Fantasy V, too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bravely Default is a great game. Um, We're inventing games here, aren't we? We got Nino Quest <laughs> Gigli. <laughs> yeah, we're applying for jobs in the uh, marketing uh, of Nintendo. Yeah, we haven't heard anything. No. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. I, uh, I would like to say I'm diving right into Dragon Quest V, but there is a big behemoth of a game coming up in a couple weeks and it'll have to wait um this is the part where we read comments from youtube twitter or the forums and we are normally prepared for this however we are not today so i need two minutes to quickly scan through the forms i have it up now (sighs) oh good yeah i see it seems like there's a lot of people who are playing which is fantastic but also a lot of people who they're just obviously not going to make it through this month yeah and I'm seeing a lot of that here. Cause, cause I one wonder of our, why. Because one, <laughs> one of the brothers is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I like. Uh, I actually just saw a great comment from Captain Happy that I would like to share. And he, uh, so he said, from zero to twelve hours this week, he's loving the game. But he said, can I examine that poster on the wall? No. Is there a chest hidden behind this castle? Empty field. Can I examine that odd-looking crate? No. Can I look at a window? No. 
uh, it goes on. And he, he, the point he's making is it's, it's, a, it's such a huge and beautiful environment, but uh, he's longing to have anything in them to explore or find. So uh, he found that the world was it was gorgeous and it looked nice, um, but overall that uh, it was sort of empty. And he's I guess he's sort of right. Yeah, that's, that's Welcome fair. Welcome to Station 2. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I mean, they threw in chests to kind of fill in some, but there really wasn't that many. I found the named enemies were a, a, somewhat of an interesting you know, effect to, to look for out in the fields. But for the most part, it was pretty barren. But but you're right, that is a, a staple. I mean, battling a capsicum is it interesting enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you think. <laughs> when that's flipping you off to boot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, so I mean, they, they tried their best to spice it up. But like you said, it is a, a common theme for for the hardware at the time, for sure. And you know what? He's not even the only... Uh, there's another one on the forums. Fath2007. Uh, P-H-A-T-H. Fath. 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 <laughs> Fath. Fath. Oh, they, that one. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they also mentioned um, that it's uh, all these wonderful environments to explore and almost nothing in them to find. Uh, it's a waste to have created a mansion, for example, with a dozen rooms and almost nothing in them. Which actually so, yeah. is in the game. Yeah. <laughs> so it is uh, kind of empty. Yeah. I'd argue the towns give you enough to do. I, I know I personally spend, whenever I w- would go into a new town, I'd spend my time exploring every single house. And look again, just like real life, going through all the drawers and pots and whatnot. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. And I wasn't too sad about the world being not overly populated on the field because it's big enough where I just want to get to get to where I want to go. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, there really is no right or wrong for this type of a opinion, but, uh, but yeah, I can see both sides. Yeah. So we're glad anybody who's playing along don't obviously being the game is not a requirement to be in the club. Um, you don't even really have to play the game, but, uh, you know, it's, it's good to know that people are at least, checking out the games and maybe ex- uh, experiencing something that they wouldn't otherwise have found. So it's it's nice. We're glad that uh, people played along with us, and we're definitely glad they were talking about it on the forums. And uh, hopefully that carries on. Yeah, I agree. To next month, when <laughs> we play... <laughs> well done. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid um, for the PlayStation 1, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it is... Uh, it's an espionage game where you sort of sneak around, and it's something I, I remember very fondly from uh, from when we were kids. So, yeah, the game for March, that's the next month, mm-hmm. uh, will be Metal Gear Solid, and uh, there'll be an announcement video mentioning that. But if you've made it to this point in the podcast, now you know what we're playing next month. There you go. Yeah, you can get your head start. Yeah, that's if right. Need it. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, it's the first. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah, yeah. So, um, guys, that's all that that's all that I have. Uh, if anybody else wants to add anything, um, please feel free. But if not, I want to thank you all for being here today. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure, Darren, to speak with you again. It was great Joe, to be here again. Excellent. Um, Joe, it was uh, it was nice to to finally get a chance to to converse with you after your uh, your very well thought out and in depth comments on our on our videos. <laughs> well thought and... out, three se- three word sentences. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Lo, thank you uh, 
thank you for joining us as well. I'm going to get uh, each one of you to tell us, tell our listeners where they can find you. And uh, yeah, so Darren, where can they find you? Well, if you're so inclined that you would like to find me, I have a channel on YouTube called The Gaming Pilgrimage where I review JRPGs and I got a lot of cool content coming up and I got a couple anime reviews as well that relate to JRPGs. So check it out if you're so interested. And thanks again for having me. Thank you for being here. This channel's really good, by the way. You should check it out. Yeah, it is a great channel. Um, just hide your credit cards and disconnect your... Yeah, Ethernet. yeah. Definitely. But then they can't get to the channel if you disconnect the Ethernet. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm thinking and Darren and I may need to join a debate team. For sure. <laughs> Tales yeah, I was for life. In the same vein, uh, in the same vein, Low kind of will also have your wallet stretched too. So where can they find you, Low? You can find my blog and then she games uh, and then she games blogspot.com I post uh, review type blogs of the games I've played and I'm branching out into all sorts of crazy content now but if for some reason you cannot wait you can also find me on Twitter my handle is Nintendo because I'm clever <laughs> basically just Nintendo but with an L instead of a D and uh, I post all sorts of nonsense there. And her uh, anybody who hasn't read her blog, I do definitely take the time to check it out. Um, it is one of my most read. Um, one of the it's one of the blogs. Well, because I read other things too when I'm, while I'm doing this, but it's it's one of the things I read the most while in the washroom. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, it's definitely a good read. Going on I my guess that's a compliment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Resume for sure highlight. Yeah. Um, and last but certainly not least, Joe, um, why don't you tell uh, listeners where they can find you? If you want to follow me and my amazing life, just look for Toku Joe on Twitter or pretty much most social network sites. I'm there. I have a YouTube channel, but there's only a video of a N64 WCW glitch. I might put something up on there. Hmm. I want to see that video now. I'm going to check that video out. I haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm very excited. So like I said, thank you all very much. And uh, as anybody who's listened to the podcast knows, uh, we don't, uh, the only thing we don't script is an ending. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to let our listeners know that they can find this podcast. Oh, well, you're listening to it, so you found it. You can find our other. <laughs> you can find our other podcasts and links to all of our previous and current guests at www.cartridgepros.ca. And uh, if you haven't quite got an, if you haven't, ooh, not <clears throat> scripted. And if you haven't quite gotten enough of myself and Player Two, you can uh, see us on our YouTube channel as well. But you probably know that too because I don't know how you would have heard about the podcast <laughs> otherwise. On. So I'm gonna roll it over to our guests to uh, to give us an, uh, a goodbye. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Oh my me! <laughs> oh my god, how do we end this? Snake, <laughs> snake. Uh, that was good. <laughs> I can't do impressions. <laughs>